Welcome to the process. This will be episode numero siete with Carlos Hidalgo. All right, the one and only. So I will let you take it away, my friend, and go ahead. Good morning, Colty. Good morning, everyone listening. Um, thank you for tuning in today. I'm going to ask Colton a question um, that I've been curious about that he's been he's been doing really well at. Uh, Colton's been opening up a lot of offices, been traveling a lot, um, building a lot of teams. So, Colty, I guess my question or what I want you to talk about or go over is how are you how are you creating so many team identities how are you creating the because because now you're, you're not just creating teams inside your local city but you're helping teams be created in multiple different cities through throughout the u.s so can you kind of just talk about the the importance of creating team identity creating team team culture and, and how you're doing it for sure for sure well um number one is i'll, I'll start about the local office because it, it's easier to be able to build a team identity when it comes to your actual local office and uh, one thing we've always done a really good job at especially alpha lead as well just uh, is having someone that actually is excited to go to work <clears throat> and excited to be a part of the opportunity excited to be a part of the job and the reason why is part of just the hype environment that we create um so i think part of the identity comes from just the initial morning intro of actually being excited to get to work and then from there the conversations you build or the conversations you have outside of the actual atmosphere is what will further deepen the relationship that you're trying to build um so one thing that i used to do and i, I kind of messed up on is i would try and build a relationship with every single person in the office and try and create my own identity with everyone in the office um, but once you get 40 reps in the office once you have 10 other offices outside of your office it's, all, it's impossible to build your own team identity um, through each individual person. Like you don't have enough time in the day. Um, so what I started to transition to and what I learned from was I would attach to someone else's thought process a little bit and coach them on their thought process and transition that to their own team identity. So for instance, a great example of that is Team Alpha in the office right now. They are extremely, extremely close, right? But I work a lot with the leader of Team Alpha. I work a lot with him, his thought process, his mentality, things that he should be doing with, with his team. And by doing that, the culture that I want created is created through him. So he's able to almost create that entire culture for his one identical team. And I'm able to do that with four or five people in my local office. And by doing that, even though there are different teams and have different team identities, they all kind of commute as one because they all have the same very similar, similar thought process. Those are all being mentored and coached by me. So I'm more coaching through instead of coaching for every single person. And that's been a transition for me is learning how to actually coach through a leader instead of just coaching down and doing it myself and watching them chat on me every single time because it's not as efficient. And whenever you whenever you have 40 people, you just can't be that efficient. And in order for you to truly grow an organization, you have to learn how to do that because you're not going to be able to be in Boston every single day. You're not going to be able to be in Pennsylvania every single day. You have to teach them how to create their own team identity and then coach them through it. And by doing that in your local office, it makes it a lot easier to coach and develop and train them as well. And then whenever you travel out to them and see the identity, number one, it makes you feel great if everything's going well. But number two, if it's not going well, it's very easy to fix because of the relationship that you've established with the person, with the, with the leader up front. So it's a lot easier to fix instead of having to go back and retrain every single individual. You just talk to one conversation, one person, and it fixes everything. Yeah, and, and what you mentioned there about about talking to the leaders of each of the teams. I think that's something people really drop the ball on where they think that once someone has a team, once someone's a leader, they don't necessarily need you or it's all their responsibility and you don't need to do anything. And 
what you people really need to do is they need to constantly be, I like to think of it as they're imprinting themselves into that exactly. leader. They need to be giving them their thought process, expressing their values, showing them everything that, that needs to be watered down into the, into, into the whole entire organization. Otherwise it just becomes whatever that leader comes up with, but you're still responsible for that leader. And you, you, you still need to, to lead them, coach them and, and okay. mentor them. And that's how you stay in touch. Now, what is that like once you have that that team once you're that leader of that that organization that team or whatever what does it actually look like to to create that culture that identity for sure what's and that leader doing so before i answer the question i go back to something you said to add to that the more someone grows in your office the more attention they need the more power they get in your office the more attention you need to be able to give them because you can direct them the right way and I have seen this over and over and over again, where they'll have someone that's doing really well at first and they stop coaching them and they almost feel misguided, not even misguided, unled. They have, I feel like they have no one to actually look up to. So now they actually start to lose faith in you as a leader whenever you are just trying to let empower them. So be careful with that. But to answer your question, um, something we actually did just last night, we, uh, we actually had a team night just with one team. Because uh, whenever you have 40 reps in the office, it's really hard to have a team night with all 40 reps to actually impact everyone. Um, so we started consolidating it to just team night by team. So we had team alpha over at the house last night. We were chilling until, until I know it was past midnight or wh whatever it was. We were out pretty late. And all it was was just, hey, we were just all going to sit around. We didn't do anything fancy. We grilled hamburgers, right? had hot dogs, and we just talked. We just talked for a solid three, four, five hours. And that conversation that was had during that time is what will help to establish the identity. Because all it is is the people that I don't necessarily get to associate with the entire time. They're just asking me a question to get to know about me. And I'm just redirecting the conversation to them so they can start talking about themselves. So I can learn how to coach them or teach the leader how to coach them better and more efficiently. So in reality, it's just more time. Whenever I can I take people outside of the office, outside of the work environment, I get to see who they truly are. right? Not who they want me to see, but who they actually are. And whenever they, they have that environment, they get relaxed and just kind of start talking. I get to see what they actually want to. Like I learned from a couple of guys last night, they had a lot of pressure from their parents to go back to college. A lot of, a lot of pressure to go back to college um, to the point where the parents were like about to kick them out of the house if they didn't. And I'm able to walk them through those conversations, right? I'm able to, to help them sit down with it. And sometimes it's not even me giving them advice. It's just having an ear to listen, right? Having them just vent about it. And my be being there and having that, you know, one day of team night or that one night, I'm able to almost help guide them through a, a critical time in their lives and probably the biggest decision of their life because it'll be the first time they'd be out of their house. Um, so just that little bit of time dedicating, you know, two, three hours, one night just to be with each team goes a long way. And I'm assuming those those conversations weren't planned. Like you didn't know. Yeah, I had no idea. I, I didn't even know they were in college, to be honest with you. I had, I had no idea. <laughs> <laughs> and I. And sometimes the reason why people don't do like team nights or don't do team dinners or don't hang out with people in general is because they're, they're, they're looking for the point. They're looking for the purpose behind it versus just thinking to themselves that having that kind of blind faith that like, Hey, something good is going to come of it from, from spending right. time with, with individuals. And the way that I, that I like to think about it now or why I think, cause in the past when we, when my brother and I first started the business, we just did it out of almost out of, we just wanted to hang out with people. We just thought it would it it would just work. Um, if people spent more time around us, we thought they would just do better. So there wasn't like a lot of thought process behind it. We just kind of did it. Um, right. But looking back, I think the reason why 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 it worked 
why it helped us out is if you look at any team, if you look at any relationship, it takes time to, to build those relationships. It doesn't just happen yes. overnight. It doesn't just happen because you have a, a good conversation inside of the office. The more and more time you spend with, with individuals, the, the stronger that bond gets. Just like on a sports team, when you're going through high school or, or when you're in college, you know, my tennis coach used to talk about this all the time. And tennis is a pretty individual sport. But right. like the way he would talk about his team in college, he talked about it like it was the best brotherhood that he ever had. And he was like yeah. 40 years old, I think, when he was talking to me about it. And he still like kind of missed that that bond he had with with the guys. And he talked about how like you feel like the, your brothers, you know, you'll go to war with them. Right. And <clears throat> I think people feel that in all sports. And the reason you feel that way is because you practice together. You play together. And then you're usually living together in some of those situations and and in sports uh but then you're going out together and you're just hanging out and you're just you're just doing life together but exactly those relationships the reason when they're out on the field and they're performing and they're pushing themselves when things suck you know they do that because of the relationships to the other guys the other people right. on the crew because sometimes they don't they're not that motivated to win the game <laughs> but like they don't want to let the other guy down and i think that's kind of what happens in our business is some people i know i've been nagged out and not really just wanted to say fuck it but like i can't let roth down i can't let khalil down i can't let you down i can't let other people down like you start to fight for for the people that 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 are on your team so i think that's why spending as much time as possible with with people um is extremely important a hundred percent um i forget where i heard this quote from too is you know, there's two things you can give somebody their time or money and most people don't have money so you have to give time um, yeah. and I, I, I almost disagree with it to an extent because even if you have the money, you still need to give the time and that, that time is the most valuable asset that you have, even over money. It doesn't matter if you have millions of dollars, that time is the most valuable asset. And for you to truly earn someone's respect and someone's trust, you have to give them your time. And if you can't give someone your time, they're never going to give you their time and they're not going to ever trust you. Um, so it definitely goes a long way. And I think we'll lose sight of that sometimes that just hanging out, just being there with somebody means more than anything else, even if you don't have a good conversation, right? Even if it's not the most changing conversation in the world, right? At least you're there, you're together. And at some time, something will eventually come out of it that'll be beneficial to you and him or her, right? Something eventually will come to that. But you have to first give them the time. 100%. And if you look at any business in general, in our business, our, you know, like our, one of our biggest assets is our people right. who we have on our team. If you look at another uh, every other businesses, you know usually the CEO when they're first starting it is, you know they're they're up day and night, working at twenty four seven. You know you exactly. listen to the Jeff Bezos, the Elon Musk stories, like they're up all night. In our business, we can't really be, you know, recruiting in the field twenty four seven. It's really only a like a eight nine to seven or eight o'clock thing. Right. Um, but you can spend all day with your people. Right. No, and I, it's just like an actual business. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. I, I forget the, the name of the movie, but Netflix just came out with a, a movie about Michael Jordan signing Nike. Um, and it talked about, um, I think it was Phil Knight who started Nike. I think that was who it was in the movie. They talked about how, how he started his company. He was working on the back of his car, selling shoes, and he just had this vision. And he was literally working, living at the company day and night, day and night, day and night. 
and the transition of how they grew so big and how he had to kind of almost get back to living at the company day and night to be able to sign MJ, to be able to sign Michael. And the, the thought process of just anything you grow, it just takes the time to be able to do it. It goes back to just give time, right? He was, Phil Knight was constantly giving time to Nike and his people to make sure they had this vision to be one of the biggest shoe companies in the world. Right? If you're going to grow a company or organization, you have to have this vision and they have to attach to it, but you have to still give them the time to attach to the vision. Um, so that's great. I love it. Love the movie too. If you haven't seen it, it's on Netflix. Great movie. I'll watch it here soon. But yeah, you're, you're, the thing with those stories is they all make sense when you're connecting the dots, like looking backwards, but they never make sense when, when you're trying to look forward. You know, when you're trying you to just, connect the dots looking forward, you just you can't do it. You just get called crazy instead. <laughs> yeah. So there's this level of blind faith that 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 you just need that you just need to work it. That's right. And just have have faith that something good is going to come out. Yeah, for sure. Um, that that faith goes a long way. Um, I we had actually had a conversation. Um, it, it was with a, a guy in our office, and they he was an atheist. He's like, I don't believe in faith. I'm like, you need to have faith. He's like, I don't believe in faith. I was like, okay, cool. You're sitting in a chair right now, right? It's like, yeah, I'm like, so you have faith the chair is not going to break, right? I'm like, okay, you might not believe in a higher power. That's fine. I don't care who you believe in, but you have some type of faith. You have faith that you're not going to get hit by some kind of car or driver whenever you're driving here to work. You have a faith the chair is not going to collapse right now. So don't tell me you don't have faith in anything. Um, and he, he's like, well, I understand your point. I was like, cool. So have faith in the program or leave. Uh, that was how the conversation went. Um, but either way, you have to believe in something. You have some type of faith in in, in anything to be able to get anywhere how did he handle that he quit uh, <laughs> <Heck> yeah <laughs> so the conversation worked no the, the conversation worked very well um so it, it just is what it is if he didn't have faith he would check the legs to make sure that the chair is stable exactly but most people don't check the legs to a chair they just sit down so yeah, you have right. faith or you have faith that the door, the building that you're about to walk in is not going to collapse on you. Um, you don't check the foundation before you walk in. Exactly. So if you don't think you have faith, you have faith. You just have to apply it to something more meaningful. Exactly. <laughs> All right. I think that's a good spot to end it, Colty. Um, thank you guys for, for listening. If you haven't subscribed to wherever you're listening or watching, please subscribe. Thank you for all the support. We'll see you guys on the next episode. See you soon. Bye-bye.